Thanks for joining us for today's topic. It's an exciting topic. We're going to be talking about robotic welding. So let's let the sparks fly. Join us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to. In case you're new to our program, I'm Brandon Ellis, and I'm your host and also the owner of Elitech. Before we start today's episode, I just want to ask that you consider hitting the follow button and the subscribe button, depending upon the platform you're listening upon. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you hear, please go to the show page and scroll to the bottom. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Now that we've got the marketing out of the way, I want to say thanks for tuning in. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey guys, welcome today to Industrial Automation Doesn't Have To. I'm Brandon Ellis, your host, the owner of Elitech, and I'm here with Miss Beth Elliott. Hey, Beth. Hey, Brandon. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? So we're back at it. Yes. What's this, episode? It's episode four. Four. Yeah, yeah. Number four. Yeah, I don't know if anybody, if you guys listened to uh, the last episode about uh, Doesn't Have to Be Vague, we talked about some projects and stuff. And considerations, but um, there were mentions of video. <laughs> it was vague. <laughs> it was vague. <laughs> there was a little mishap, so yeah. that was that was on me. <laughs> you want to tell us about it? No, <laughs> I'm <on>. learning. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, we're trying it again today. <laughs> we're, we wanted to surprise you guys with the video <laughs> this season, and we, the surprise was. The video didn't work last time, so um, we made some references to that. Uh, I tried to get them cut out, but I didn't yeah. get all of them. <laughs> so we thought it would be interesting for you guys just to kind of, you know, wonder what was wander going. around, feel yourself around the rooms, and wonder why is there no video on this thing. So, so what are our video streaming services? So we, I know the ones I know. Uh, certainly, uh, we can do video, or we will do video, or this is on LinkedIn. Uh, Facebook and YouTube, our YouTube channel yeah. specifically. Those are the three that I was putting it on. Yeah, I so, will. Yeah. So, um, welcome if you're watching us. Hey guys, you're seeing us in our element, in our environment here in the Elitech web, our podcasting studios here at Elitech, a part of our Elitech University Center. Uh, hey, I want to do a, a quick little shout out. You were telling me yeah. about some of our, our listeners. Uh, she gets to see not who you are, but where you are. Yeah, that's all we get is yeah. location. <laughs> and so, and that's really geographically. So, um, I want to shout out. So we 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 started started building kind of an audience, kind of a hashtag, the Elitech Automation Nation is what we're calling that. So, I want to say hello to everyone. We've had quite a few downloads uh, over the last year. I want to thank you all for that. But uh, shout out to the. Elitech Automation Nation in Melbourne, Australia. That's right. Thank you guys for listening. Good day. <laughs> you surpassed it. the last five episodes. You surpassed our local listening audience, which so. would be the good old US of A. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, thank you guys. Uh, it's very interesting uh, the the reach that we get. Glad you are getting a lot out of the episode. But today is really exciting. It is. It is. So go ahead. Not, All right. So and not just because we have video working. <laughs> well, it's going to be exciting because we're talking about robotic welding. That's right. <laughs> so hit us with the title. All right. It's Industrial Automation. It doesn't have to be boring. That's right. Because what we did was we welded. So what's the big deal about welding? There's a lot of people that weld. 
There are. So why would folks choose a robot to weld over a person? So robotic welding is the exciting thing that we're doing today. And I'm excited about it because we've been doing a lot of robotic welding. With it's, one of it's our fun to watch. Robotic lines. <laughs> and so uh, I love welding. I'm not a great welder, but let me tell you something. I can weld a lot. Well, I can weld perfectly if I have a robot with a welder. And so, uh, yeah. So why would we would do that? Well, we go back to brandology. Which one's brandology? I don't know. Brandology. That's a, or that, I it. thought that was Elitech uh, Automation Nation. Yeah. <laughs> That's Brandology, <laughs> that's the one. So, so see, I don't know, can you all see? Uh, uh, you can't really see the board. No. I've got a few buttons here, but I'm, it's now a thing. I, I'm not going to label them. <laughs> you get what you get. You get what you get. And so I mess up sometimes. So, hey, uh, you're seeing it here live. This is live action. So, um, yeah, so so when you uh, we have to bring out together the the brandology of the four reasons to automate, and those four reasons are quality, consistency, and again these these four things. Just to review, if you aren't familiar with these, it's my four things that if you are going to automate a process, and this is with a robot or just with with machine automation, whatever automation uh, gen- in general in general. So whether it's pneumatics, whether it's electric servos, robots, whatever. Why am I, why are we spending the money? Why is this a focus? Uh, What can we expect out of automating this process? And it really should fall in. The focus should be at least one of these. Now, the benefits may go outside of one of these four, but you want your primary focus, your primary reason to be one of these four. And that's increases and not in this order. Okay. Increase quality and consistency. uh, Decrease in cycle time, or we call that increased production. Uh, reclassification of labor, uh, or flexibility, quick setup. So let's talk about those real quickly. Quality, consistency, doing it better. You're going to see what that looks like uh, because a robot can weld better than Brandon. <laughs> I'm not saying anybody, but definitely me. It can, ro- it can weld better than me. Uh, it also can do it longer and those kind of things. So we have decreased cycle time, increased production because we're going – uh, we're doing it, you know, it doesn't have to take lunch breaks and smoke breaks and wee-wee breaks and things of that nature. It doesn't get tired. Reclassification of labor. We're going to talk a little bit about the guy that's actually in the shot of the of the video that we're going to show. Yeah. So, <laughs> Are you but, ready for that? No. No, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but I let it slip. But uh, uh, it's new. It's exciting. I know. <laughs> um it's not boring. But but for those of you who aren't who are listening on the podcast, one of our audio streaming apps, uh, certainly we're going to try and talk. I'll try and be as descriptive as possible. Uh, but uh, one of the guys that was involved with this and setting this up is one of our welders. Uh, so we're not going to replace him with a robot no. by any stretch. Uh, but uh, but he now can help set up robots to weld. Wow, and he <laughs> and he is not a uh, computer person at all. He is. Is not, and he wouldn't mind me referencing him by name, but Todd is his name, and we, we love to have Todd around here, but Todd makes it very clear he is not, 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 <laughs> nor shall he ever be a PC guy. So he's not a programmer, uh, but we'll talk about why that's possible. The last thing, so reclassification of labor, if we were doing like, if our business was repetitive welding, you need somebody who's an expert in welding, but quickly... 
if you use the right parts, if you work with the right company, uh, as Todd showed, you can set this up without even needing the PC, without even needing to be a computer a programmer. Computer guy. <laughs> and so imagine now, I mean, Todd's a good welder. He can weld fast. But imagine if he had three or four robots that he was running and they're all welding That's and amazing. he's monitoring them and monitoring the systems and things of that nature, reclassification of labor. That's exactly what that is. And then flexibility, quick setup. That means a welder can go from one piece to the next to the next to the next without a whole lot of changeover or, or having to rethink your stuff and that kind of stuff like a person would have. So we get close to seeing benefits across all four, but one of the primary things is quality consistency. And then the number two, or maybe they're tied for number one, is decreased cycle time and increased production. So that's that's why I think po folks would use a robot to weld. Cost comes into play. I mean, certainly you're buying a robot. So yeah. that's something that needs to be considered. But um, if your business is consistent welding of parts and 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 now if you're if no two parts are ever alike oh, that might be difficult that's huh? very difficult but if you're always welding the same thing for a product in a production um, environment then it makes a lot of sense pretty quickly what about what what would be the benefit of a collaborative robot over an industrial robot for welding well um and you've heard me say in the past that i think welding and collaborative robots go together what is it? Forrest Gump says, like like peas and carrots. Is that it? I don't. I don't know. So, <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah. Because well, let me get to that in a second. So industrial robots. Industrial robots are very accurate, very quick. Things of that nature. And and honestly, you know, we have our pre-engineered solutions uh, that Elatech puts together, where we pre-engineer a robot with the base and all this kind of stuff and safety, if you want it, and all the kind of stuffs handled, and we let you take care of the programming and everything. We don't offer one that's all set up for welding because the two primary industrial robots that we uh, carry, which is uh, Yaskawa Motoman and, and Fanuc, they actually have weld cells ready to go. Ah, nice. And we sell those and support those. And so that's put together, all ready to go. But an industrial robot has to have, you know, good safety. Yeah. Because industrial robots are... They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They're inherently unsafe as far as humans, and so you have to guard them, hard guarding, things of that nature. And when you're welding, whether it be collaborative or in industrial, you also have... You have to guard passerbys, by, passerbyers, uh, you know, people, other working in the in the vicinity because of the weld, the weld dark flash. Yeah. Uh, the weld arc light is like looking into the sun and it can damage your retina and cause, uh, you know, short-term damage, long-term damage. And so that's the reason welders always wear masks and things of that nature that have the dark glass and that kind of thing. And so you can do this with weld curtains or a solid barrier or something. But, uh, but you're going to have to do that no matter if it's industrial or collaborative. Collaborative brings about some interesting things, though. Remember, and, and again, this is why I think collaboratives and welding go together well. Uh, collaborative robots. We did an episode on when I talked about people say, Collaborative robots are slow. Yeah. Oh, yep. Well, they're slow because you're having to do. Uh, if you're if you're going to truly try to, which I've never, I've never seen. Get your glasses. <laughs> clink clink. I have never seen anybody use a collaborative robot 
100% collaboratively, which means that the four sensors are all that you're relying upon as far as safety. And if you do that because of your safety, you still have to do a safety analysis, a risk analysis. It, you calculate, really comes down to whatever you're carrying, what's the, the pounds per square inch of the force and that kind of stuff. If it's a really wide, blunt object, then you disperse that, that um, pound those any force across a, a larger area, so more square inches. But if it's a really pointy object, then you're concentrating that. And so you're going to have to do a safety, at least a safety light scanner or some types of light curtains or maybe even some, some uh, light duty guarding, uh, hard guarding in some sort. So you're going to have to guard it. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't, then what you have to do is reduce the speed. So remember, people saying, clever robots are slow. They're slow because you're not guarding them correctly. You have to go slow. Well, with welding, with the exception of two moves, moving toward the object and moving away from the object, you probably want to do those pretty quickly. But when you're welding... It's pretty slow, isn't it? You have to go slow. Okay. Um, and so <clears throat> uh, that's why I think it kind of lends itself to collaborative robots. The other thing is collaborative robots. Did I mention that Todd hates PCs? <laughs> yeah. You know, we have a video. Yes. All right. So we're going to we try this out. Pull that up. All right. So here's the video. It's just presents. Yeah. yeah. So we're using a Hanwha HCR5A, one of our collaborative robots. And honestly, the welder we're using is is just an off the shelf. It's it's a manual welder. We just have uh, bypassed and don't do this. We can do this, but you want to use a real welder that's made for automated welding. But you're looking if you're looking at the video, it's making a pass. It's a linear pass on this in this shot. We did some curved pass, some arc passes, and stuff like that, doing some curved welds. But this is a linear, a long linear weld. And the guy there to the right that's getting sparks all over him <laughs> with the weld helmet and nothing else. So don't don't get on to me about uh, he's safety. a welder. He knows he's what he's doing. He's supposed to have his weld jacket on, uh, but uh, he's there watching the weld. And he's at a he's at look a at those beads on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made a perfect perfect fillet there between two pieces, and so um, it was exciting to see. So if you're watching this, you can kind of get an idea of that. But uh, to oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Rewind that and just see that. There we go. Yeah, so Take you're a look looking at that. there. Oh, dog on it. There we go. Hit the pause button. Where is the pause? Right there. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> they stacking dimes. So I got in a I got in a conversation yesterday with one of our mechanical engineers, Joe, and I said I said laying dimes, and he said no 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 it's stacking dimes. And I, so we got on Google and got in a little bit of what is it? The term is correctly stacking dimes. But then everything that, you know, there was some things on Google where people had used dimes to indicate what it looks like. And it's dimes that are laying on their side, kind of interleaved, so they're one on top of the other. Okay. Well, I'm like, those dimes are laying upon each other. <laughs> Stacking dimes is what you do when you go to Vegas and they, you know, have the chips. That's a stack. That, that's what I was thinking, because when you stack something, it's... It's, it's stacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One atop the other. But anyway. It's so, vertical, not so horizontal. <laughs> we decided that technically laying dimes and stacking dimes, but that stacking dimes wins as far as the cool factor. Okay, okay. So it's more cool to say. So if you're out there welding and you don't want and you're, you know, don't want to be like me and 
sound like you're an idiot. Don't say laying dimes, say stacking dimes. Stacking dimes, okay. So anyway. <laughs> Did you um, want to go back to that video? or? Well, we'll pop back to that picture. Okay. You can kind of see uh, some of the stuff there. Uh, there we go. Oh, duck on it. Yeah. Excuse me. And she's backing it up. She's working the controls. So oh, duck on it. The cool thing is I'm not doing this. Best controlling <laughs> no, this. No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and so I'm getting to watch. Uh, but uh, but so video means new software as well. Yes. Um, so I get to handle all the sounds. <laughs> Woo! But she takes care of the video, so it's uh, it's it's a good it's a good uh, marriage there. Um, but we're looking at that weld. It filled in very very well. Uh, you can see, um, we call that the penetration marks. You can see on the sides uh, where the depth of penetration, you're seeing the heat through the part. And so it's kind of uh, darker. Now we set this up and and <laughs> for those that are welders, they're looking at this and saying, you didn't clean your parts first. And you're exactly right. We kind of <laughs> weren't so worried about making, this is a just a couple pieces of steel we wanted to see what the robot would do. We were focused on the welding and not really the prep. And so uh, there's a little bit more, some of the impurities you can see coming out there, but uh, still still a, a very good weld. Nothing a little wire brush wouldn't fix. But um, but the fact that is that it took us about five minutes Wow. to set that robot up to do that weld. And and it's done. And, you know, we don't have a, a fantastic, I mean, we, we just had a very makeshift fixture. But if you had a good fixture that would reliably place the part in every time, then it's just a matter of place it in there, hit start, and walk away. And so even with manual tending, uh, you can you can have just this stuff working over and over and over again. Again, number two in the four reasons to automate, decrease cycle time and in, in, increase production. And so, which that leads to, now that you got your robot welding, you just stick a robot out there tending. Oh, okay. So... You, when the welding robot gets so done, someone can do and hand it the parts. One puts the part, takes the finished part out, and then flips around with the other gripper on the other side, lays the the right parts in into the fixture, and and t- gets out of the way. And the other the welding robot comes in, and starts welding it up. So while that weld that robot's discarding or placing the the welded part, it goes over and gets the other two parts for the for the next load and as soon as it's done pull that part and put those parts in and you just right down the road nice that, that's that's automation right there <laughs> that's right so that's that so this i guess the 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 question that you had asked is why would folks use a robot to weld instead of a person well um you use a person to get it set up todd set that up but then once once it's done, the person's just kind of managing at that uh-huh. point. And they can be managing multiples and multiples and multiples of reclassification of labor. And you get consistency, you get quality, you get decreased cycle time. That comes down to ROI, return on investment, which that comes down to cha-ching. <laughs> you don't have your cha-ching button, do I you? Need, I don't. <laughs> I need a cha-ching. I don't have to work with my – now that you're one-upped us with the video <laughs> – well, I'm going to have to get better sound effects. I, it took it took a week to or uh, what two weeks to yeah, well. get to it. So, well, so how um, how do the types of materials affect the robot welding application? Well, in that video, we're wel- we're welding just regular steel, coal rolled steel. Um, and you're right. There's there's different types of materials or metals. Uh, so you certainly that folks are familiar with them would be welding, uh, just regular steel. 
of various types. Um, I'm kind of categorizing them all in just steel. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, there's all kinds of different types of steel from coal roll to tools. I remember that from the um, 3D, the yeah. 3D printing yeah, yeah. podcast. Tool steels and all this kind of stuff. And But, but normally you wouldn't weld tool steels, I don't think. You'd normally weld coal roll or something along those lines. But also there's aluminum. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, another common one is stainless, stainless steel. Uh, so stainless steel has a different makeup as far as what's in it uh, than just regular steel, which is the main main reason they call it stainless. It's It's got a, I think it's chromium. I think it's a in, increased chromium. I think it's chromium. Sorry, I'm not a metallurgist. I program robots. <laughs> but uh, And I'm certainly not a welder, so Todd probably could tell us. But I think it's chromium that, that's uh, increased chromium or high chromium that's inside the, the mix that creates stainless. And so chrome doesn't rust. Regular steel has got a high iron content, and so iron rust. And so those are some things that come down. But but when you weld them, uh, let's talk about, you know, we've yeah. got a graphic there. Okay. So I want to go through what, and this is just a standard MIG gun. And so, here it is. Uh, so, looking at the different components, and this is not going to be a, you know, Brandon is an expert kind of thing. But really what you've got is you've got a piece of wire coming out the end. The end is down there with the welding where it's labeled on this graphic, the welding electrode. And so, that's the end. That's the part where the, that's where the fire is. Okay, okay. <laughs> And so going back to the welder, inside of that, it's a hollow tube, and this wire is fed down there. So that type of wire, what the wire is made of, has to do with what kind of steel or material that you're welding. Okay, so you have to have the type of wire mm -hmm. to go with the type of steel. That's right. Okay. You, you, so what we were doing when we were welding, uh, MIG welding the steel on those brackets, you could not use that same wire to weld aluminum. Okay, because it wouldn't stick. They're dissimilar. Okay. Well, they just they just don't go together. Okay, okay. And so you would need aluminum wire to weld aluminum. Okay. Because what you're doing is in a MIG application, specifically in a MIG application, um, there's different types of welding: arc welding, stick, or, you know, stick welding, uh, TIG welding. Uh, kind of, I put those two in the same category. Stick and TIG. Stick and TIG. Uh, TIG welding. Uh, you're actually creating a a, a a, a spark, if you will, uh, an arc between the material and the end of a little thing on the end of, the, we call an electrode on the end of the welder. Okay. And that gets the material really hot and it becomes molten, creates a puddle. And then you have just a little stick of the same type of material, aluminum if it's aluminum, steel if it's steel, that you just dab in. And as it melts, you begin to fill, uh, add more material more metal and it, it goes from liquid when you get away it goes back to solid and you've blended it together uh stick welding means we put the electricity on on the thing that your your stick in this case that that's your and so there's an arc between the end of the stick and the material but it's also melting away the stick okay because you're passing current through that into the part remember the part's grounded uh -huh. i hope so and so, uh, yeah, it has to be grounded. you got to complete the circuit. And so in MIG welding, uh, which is usually for steel, that's what we were doing, but it can be for aluminum and also for stainless, you just use a different type of gun, but it's really controlling how you control the wire, what we call the wire that's coming out. We're actually charging the wire 
it's according to how you're doing it. Sometimes you charge the wire positively and you ground the part. Sometimes you put the charge on the part and ground the wire. But you still have to be one or the other. Okay. But when that wire, just like stick welding, uh, when the wire touches the grounded part, uh, you create a short circuit, basically, and it becomes molten. And there's a lot of heat. Uh, there's also, there's two ways to do standard MIG welding. You can have gasless or gas. In our case, we're using a shielding gas. So what that means is you have something there that keeps it kind of in control. And so the shielding gas doesn't let oxygen come in so that you just end up with a bunch of uh, bad stuff in your weld. So it becomes more of a burning at that point as opposed to welding if you don't have the shielding gas. Okay. Just makes a mess. And so shielding gas goes around it, so it's coming out of the nozzle on this graphic. But this little thing that says welding electrode, that is the wire. Oh, on the end of it. Okay. And so when that wire touches the grounded or positively charged, opposite charged material, it it it's a short circuit. And everybody's kind of seen a short circuit, right? It's like a lightning bolt. <laughs> um, I mean, it creates an arc. So you're controlling that arc that's heating up your materials that you're coming into contact with very quickly. It's also turning the wire into a molten, molten material. And they begin to blend, and that's how you weld. You're blending metals together. Uh, so you're not burning them. You're, Just blending. You're melting them, and they flow together. Okay. And so that's how, how this works. Now, let's, let's go to another graphic here. All right. Bear with me a moment. Let me make sure I've got... Okay. All right. Yay. Yeah. So turn that... <laughs> Let's see. Good job, man. You got the video to work. I think we got... It It, it might give it a second. Yeah. There, we there go. you go. All right. Okay. So this is just another view, and you can see the electrode wire, the shielding gas there, the weld metal and all that. And so the welding arc that it's kind of... I didn't draw this picture, uh, so shout out to whoever did, but... Uh, uh, it just is is creating this arc, and that's kind of what's going on. So, the but the wire is the key. Okay? okay, the wire, the electrode wire is what type of wire it is has to match the material that you're welding. Okay, that's the long and short of it. So when we're doing that with the robot, we may have to have an end of arm tool change. Oh, okay. So with a quick end of arm tool change, it can be use? quick changing, and usually this goes through back to the. It has to also work in terms of the the welder, whoever the is supplying the automation welder. Okay. And so usually we use and uh, there are companies that that make automation grade welders for robotic welding. Okay. And so if they're doing tool changes, it has to know what's going on because there's also different settings that come up. So how fast you're feeding the wire, what's the amperage that's going through, those kind of things. Okay. If you're suddenly, if you're welding thick material and then suddenly you're welding very thin material, you have to turn your amperage down because it'll just be too much heat for the thin material and it'll just disintegrate. And so remember, you don't want it to just disintegrate. You don't want to burn it. You <laughs> want it to flow and just be in a molten state, but a controlled molten state. Okay. And that's 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 Brandon's vantage point of welding. All right. So... Hopefully that's helpful. But that's what's happening. And, and so I wanted the graphic here for those those watching the video to kind of see what we're talking about uh, if you're not that familiar with, with a welding gun. Yeah. Okay, so 
Back to us. Oh, <laughs> so uh, why isn't it reasonable for folks to get a robot and off-the-shelf uh, welder? Well, we were using an off-the-shelf welder, yeah. just a manual welder. Uh, it's not experts. reasonable. <laughs> well, it's not reasonable. And also, I'm impatient. Uh, it's it's not it's not a reasonable thing. So what we did, and don't do this. This you know this is some of the things that you know the crazy experts can do, and we are crazy experts. Um, <laughs> I took a just one of our our standard welders, off the shelf standard welder, and that's a manual welder. It's got the trigger on it on the handle, and so it's for manual uh, MIG welding. And I bypassed <laughs> the trigger part uh, and let that go down into the robot. You know, we also had a just because we're safe, we had a a little override button as well, uh, just because if something didn't go right, I I didn't want to mess up my welder, yes, or my robot. And so, um, but that, those are the things that you have to do that we had to do because of that. So it's not, it's not feasible. It's not something you want to stick in it. Well, if Todd had to sit there and hold it, didn't uh, he? That was so, my, that was my safety. Uh, <laughs> so if we saw something going wrong. He could just let go. He'd let go and it would extinguish yeah, the art. Yeah. Uh, because you, you have to, an automation grade welder, okay, is going to do things like, number one, arc sensing, so if the – I talked about the wire touches the part and it turns into an arc. Mm-hmm. Well, robots don't have eyes nope. uh, typically, and so it doesn't know if maybe the part shifted or something. And suddenly, you know, when usually if your welder's going along and, and they get too far away or something something's not right and the weld extinguishes, then they, they know, oops, got to stop, go back, re, you know, hook up with where I left off and continue on. Or do something, right? Okay. Well, the robot wouldn't know. Okay. Unless the welder can tell it. And so with automation-grade welders, they have arc arc sensing. So they can tell if the arc extinguishes or not. And, and alert the and operator? Alert the robot. Okay. Alert the robot. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And then the robot can act on it in some way. Oh, okay, okay. They uh, they monitor wire feed uh, to make sure you're not out of wire. Yeah, that would be important. <laughs> uh, you know, that your consum- consumables are, are good so your gas isn't getting too low or, or empty. I mean, all that kind of stuff comes into play that the, the welder, an automated welder, can do. And then can collaborate that with the robot or tell the robot that that's going on. Okay. Um, the other thing that they offer is some cool little little things for, for what I call gun prep. Oh, yeah, and what's so that? And so the MIG gun or the, the whether you're doing MIG or a spooler or whatever, uh, you need so much wire sticking out the end. Okay. If it's too much, you be- can't get down to where you're supposed to on your part, and robots don't know that that's sticking out. So a lot of times before you start a part or every so many parts or something like that, a robot may come into this thing, and it may, it may even be – I've seen some that are really, really – top-notch from welding companies that they can sense how long the wire is. Okay. And But usually we just move it to a fixed position and there's a cutter that cuts the wire. The wire goes down and it's discarded in some ways. So it can be cleaned out easily. Those kind of things, those assemblies are kind of part of what a lot of the robotic weld companies sell. And then the tool change, you know, we talked about the gun head changes and stuff like that. Now, most of our customers, if they're if you're doing a whole lot of steel and you're doing just as much aluminum, just usually they just do two two cells. And so, if oh. you want two robots, so you don't have to setups. do this changeover. No, you don't have all the changeover because changeover tooling is is another cost to yeah. figure it. But if you're doing if you're if your um, throughput requirements 
are the same, roughly the same, between steel welds and aluminum welds, it justifies to have two going at once. Now, if you only do, you know, three aluminum parts to 10,000 steel parts, maybe not. But, uh, you know, all those things need to need to be taken into consideration. Yeah. So what considerations need to be made when you're working with an automation company to implement a robotic weld work cell? An automation company like... Like Elitech, for Elitech. instance. Elitech Automation Nation. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... Um, well, like I said, you know, uh, you can't use, don't use an off-the-shelf welder. You're going to have to, you're going to have to get a, an automation-grade welder uh, because you need that collaboration between the welder and the robot. The collaboration know? meaning that they can work together? That they can talk. The, okay. So, so again, if the robot's, that the welder says, okay, everything's good, and the robot starts to weld, and while it's in the middle of the weld, the, the welder's saying everything looks good. If the arc extinguishes, if the wire runs out, if the gas runs out, if something goes goes wrong and causes that arc to go away or or not you not be able to make a good weld you need to let the robot know so the robot can stop mm-hmm. what you don't want is you don't want to keep feeding wire and it not be part of a weld yes yeah, true <laughs> yeah you know, those kind of things okay. um, and you also don't want to make bad parts yeah and so you need to have that collaboration that's what I'm talking about they need to have connectivity even if it's just discrete io you need to have some type of connectivity. Okay. You can also have some programming interfaces if they're partnered in with the, the, the robots. Um, but that really comes down to the robot manufacturer working with the welder, which the other point is the robot manufacturing has to say, welding is okay with my robot. There's many out there that say, mm, you know, you'll avoid the warranty if you try to hook a welder up and mount it to this robot. Oh, so you really need to work with a company that that knows that they're knows the their different stuff. Different types, that, yeah. That they know these go together. And then the thing I've seen the most is manufacturers say you can spot weld with this robot. Spot welding is different than MIG or 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 you know MIG MIG type welding uh, with aluminum, stainless, or standard steel. Because all those are running a charge through a wire into a part that is either positively or negatively charged. Okay. Spot welding, you have, think of very, very large tweezers. And when I say tweezers, you know, they come out and they kind of come down to a point on either side. Uh, so when they, when you squeeze them, those two points come together. Uh, and so what we do in spot welding, uh, and you can do this on a robot, plenty of, in fact, you see it a lot in the videos. We don't have any videos of this, but the, uh, if you see videos of the car manufacturers with the robots coming in and all of a sudden you see a uh, art, you know, a bunch of sparks fly off. Uh-huh. Usually, that's that's spot welding. Oh, and so you got now your your two pieces, two sides of your tweezers. One side's positive, one side's ground. Uh, you know, so opposite charges, and they're squeezing between two two pieces of metal, and and then when they pass that current through, it's kind of a a quick passive current. It's heating up the two pieces of metal between the fingers. Okay, but the the electricity is really only passing between that 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 little little piece of between the two fingers. Yeah, okay. Um, that's your positive and negative. When you're doing MIG type welding, it the gun is where it is, and the part is where it is, and they're the different charges. So if for some reason you did not ground it properly, you could the electricity could decide to take that the shortest path to ground is through all the motors and sensors oh. and encoders and all the all the position sensors and everything through the robot. Oh dear. And that 
And that's why it needs to be designed for such. Yeah. And so Hanwha does do that. They're, oh. They, that's the reason we're using Hanwha for rope for, for welding, as does Yaskawa Motoman and Fanuc. Um, you know, they're, they're set up for that as well. But there are some out there that are not. Okay. And so you need to check with your manufacturer. You don't want to. You don't want to void your warranty. You certainly don't want to fly. You know, fry a robot. Oh goodness, no! <laughs> not when you're trying to save some money. <laughs> the other thing you need to take in consideration is safety. We talked about that briefly. Uh, you know, industrial robots always have to be guarded. Collaborative robots, while they tend to lend themselves to welding applications because welding's typically slow. You still have that movement to and from. You've got things that you got to do there. And so uh, you're still going to have to do a safety analysis on that as well. I think the guarding could be less uh, substantial or, again, safety scanners and things of that nature. But uh, but you're going to have to have some kind of guarding safety that has to come into consideration. And then the other thing I'd say is work with a quality quality automation company, an automation expert such as? Elitech. Elitech. <laughs> www.elitech.com. <laughs> But that's basically it. Hey, throw that video back up. Oh, yeah. Okay, just one moment. That's why I'm going to have to rewind it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and here we go. There it is. So Elitech presents the Hanwha HCR5A welding application featuring Todd Ader. So, yeah, the the video kind of started. It actually moved down to the – I was there when it happened. I was cheering it on. Uh, we it actually did move down to the part, but the the video has been been edited a little bit to be shorter. Uh, I had yeah, yeah shortened it. You couldn't see it. Oh, you couldn't. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, so, so we've got to work on the camera angles. Uh, but uh, but certainly you can see what's going on, and uh, Todd's just kind of watching it lay down there. That's exciting. So if you're not getting to see the video, oh, it's sorry. up on YouTube. Yeah, we. Well, it's you, already posted on YouTube. Oh, it's already there. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. So now you're kind of seeing it, and then there's a shot of it after after cool down there, uh, the parts that we made. So, yeah, Hanwha Robotics. So shout out to them. Uh, I love their robot. Mm, man, it's so easy. And again, to set Todd's that up, Todd's not a programmer. He's no, not a controls not engineer. <laughs> and so, so I had I had my my welder who hates PCs. I had my sales engineer out there, uh, and myself, and we we set that whole thing up, and we, we did that weld, and it was less than five minutes. Yeah. That's fantastic, and that's that's that really is is fantastic. That's the exciting part. It's not boring at all. No, it's not boring, especially when you can make firemen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us for today's podcast. Absolutely. Again, we've just been having a ball doing this, and so the video is going to add even more. Uh, it's going to add another dimension. That's right. Yep. We'll costumes. What? Who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Halloween is coming That's up. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I want to see you with hair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe I'll pull out my Bubba teeth for that. <laughs> oh, um, big mullet. The mullet's making a comeback, you, you know. know. Yeah, there, there's two kids in, t- in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, that are in competition for the best mullet. Oh, yeah? Yes, there was a gentleman in Campbell County just up the road from here that won. Oh, he won for, it? Yes, for the adults. All now right. Hey. <laughs> yeah, mullet. Yes. So, let's see. That's the wrong one. Mullet. Yeah. That's the mullet. That's the mullet. That's the mullet (laughs) tune right there. So, uh, yeah, who knows what we'll do. We'll have fun no matter what. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, and thank you, Brandon, for your insights. Well, okay. So call us. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) 865-409-1555. If we can help you, uh, check out our website, uh, www.elitech.com. 
E-L-L-I-T-E-K.com, E-L-L-I-T-E-K.com. And, of course, we're all over LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. We're, we're – we, yeah, that's that's it right now. Yeah. So, um, and 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 we're on video. <laughs> that's right. Coming to you live. <laughs> Woo. So live action. So thank you very much again for joining us. Hey, leave us comments. Leave us the, if you like what you hear. Hit that, you know, smash that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, give us a five star rating uh, in the Apple. And if you uh, think that somebody might like enjoy this program, share it. Share it. Let yeah. them know about it. Yeah, certainly. Um, and and keep keep those comments coming. We've loved uh, talking with you. And again, a big shout out to uh, Elotech Automation Nation down in Melbourne, Australia, and across this great globe. Absolutely. Guys, thank you very much. Have a great day. We'll see you. See you, Brandon. See you, everybody.